Hello and welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast. Coming up this week is an entertainment special. Speaking at a media event in London, Andy Harmer welcomes to the stage head of entertainment for MSC Cruises, Gary Gladding, entertainment director for PO and Cunard, Phil Yeomans, and journalist and travel writer Sarah Macefield. Enjoy. start with you, Phil, down the end there. You have been with p and Cunard for 16 years. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. And your current role is is what exactly? What uh, so mean? I'm the Director of Entertainment for p and Cruises and Cunard. Uh, so my responsibilities are designing the brand new product for our ships uh, and making sure that everything we deliver for our guests exceeds their expectations on board. So what does that mean on a day? What does that mean on a day to day? It means I do a lot of accounting. I do a lot of creative. Uh, what does that mean on a day to day? P and O is in a real time of change at the moment, and uh, we're launching Iona in 2020, which is a huge step for us, uh, and it's a it's a really exciting time. What we're trying to do now is we've been looking at the cruise industry, and that's brilliant. And what we're doing in the cruise industry for the last 180 years has been fantastic. But now I guess we're looking forward, and we're looking at what the holiday industry is doing. Um, and that's really much more where we're going into it of entertainment as well. We, we look at the industry and the cruise and we think it's fantastic and there's brilliant things going on across all the various brands in the world. But we're looking more at our holiday industry as well now. What's happening that our British guests want to do? And that's not just on our ships, that's off our ships with our excursions. So my job absolutely is to exceed that expectation, to bring to life the holiday experience and not just the cruise experience uh, on board our ships. And you mentioned that you are looking at what British uh, holiday makers like to do on holiday or in their leisure time and that's because you're predominantly British we are we're, I guess we're in a lucky position really and Gary has a, a much larger international market he'll need to cater for but we are a British brand focused on a British product um, and we like to think we need to deliver the best of the British products and modern product on board our ships yeah and Cunard why because you do cover both brands. I do, yeah. So Cunard is slightly different, slightly larger international mix. It is. So Cunard, in a sense, is a small brand in the sense of free ships, but arguably with Queen Mary II in particular, one of the most famous ships in the world. Um, it's a very much an international brand. We uh, work very close with our New York office, with our German office, with um, all of our Asian partners in Australia, etc. Um, and at this very moment, we have free ships going around the world uh, and exploring and all nationalities on board, and we can go from one cruise to the next of having 80% Australians flipping over the night before into the Japanese market and then back into a British market. So it's a much more of an international delivered product. Um, but there's so much entertainment that just crosses those boundaries. Okay, cool. Well, that's a good introduction to what you do. <laughs> uh, the longest introduction we've ever had. But Gary, <laughs> you, you have a great title, which is Head of Entertainment and, and Guest Experience. Is that right, Customer Experience? That's correct. Basically, I do the same thing that uh, <laughs> my colleague down there does, Phil, but um, in about 20 languages. We're, we're uh, number one in Europe, uh, and we most of our ships that sail out of um, European ports out of, in the Mediterranean and Northern Europe, we work in a minimum of five languages. Uh, and then we have often international hostesses that are covering um, all the other languages, Russian, Turkish, Dutch, uh, Portuguese, Japanese, Chinese, so that the guests are getting the information. We don't make all the announcements in those languages, but our core five languages are English, French, German, Spanish, and Italian. So it's a, it's a completely different experience. That said, we're also number one in uh, South America, 
and that tends to be either only Portuguese-speaking Brazilians or uh, Spanish-speaking Argentinians. And then we're also number one in uh, South Africa, which we're only using English. If we have Afrikaans, it's usually because it's a, a charter group. So, I mean, the, the, the role that we both do is, is quite similar. So language doesn't complicate things at all, which is good. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been doing it for so long that I would say that's probably my, my smallest problem. And for those people who don't know much about MSC Cruises, you have a few cruise ships already, and you have, you're going to like treble the fleet or something we in have, the next week. Yes. We've got 15 now. Uh, at the end of the month, we'll have 16. We're, and we're very interested in... Um, we're not breaking into the British market, because we've no. been very popular with the British market for a long time. Uh, but we, we want to continue to develop that, to give the, the British guests another option. Because with P&O, and I worked for them for a number of years, it's a, it's a lovely brand, really a wonderful company. Uh, but it is for guests that want that sort of monolingual experience. With our cruises, you have uh, two cruises for the price of one, really. You're visiting, for example, if you're going to the Caribbean on one of our ships, uh, you've got all of the experience when you're on land of the places you're visiting. But then when you're traveling, you've got that continental European flair which gives you a, a, a completely different way of traveling. And that's quite exciting. And, and a lot of the British guests that we get, uh, you know, they'll have a secondary home maybe in Spain or Portugal, or they go to Greece quite regularly, or Turkey, that sort of thing. So that the sort of Brits that like that international experience, uh, like to hear a variety of languages and see um, well, the, the cruising world from a different perspective. So it's really just to add another option to a, a very popular market, because the Brits love the, the cruising. Yeah, we do. We love a bit of cruising. Don't be Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> we do indeed. Two million of us. Yeah, I know, now. almost. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, time will tell. <laughs> Sarah, you've been, you've been in the industry writing about it for a long time. Yes, a good decade or so. And uh, it's easy for us to ask you lots of questions because you've obviously discovered lots of different brands in those times. But so in those ten years, how has entertainment as a as an experience on board cruise ships changed? What have been the big oh, changes? Hugely, I must say, when I've spoken at cruise shows every year, I've always said it's never been better. There's so much choice, and I'm still saying that because each new ship launch really brings sort of something more innovation. Um, you know, very much the theatres. I remember once talking to one of the executives of Royal Caribbean and he said he'd had the directors of Broadway in, some of the Broadway theatres, and he said they were sort of weeping with envy at the sort of state-of-the-art equipment that now goes on the ships because they're constrained by, and particularly in London, for example, grade two listed buildings or something like that, constrained by space. Whereas, you know, you get the cruise ships, and the bigger cruise ships is where you'll find the better entertainment, the more venues. And so that's the sort of thing. If you want lots going on, big resorts, go for those big resort ships. Um, but, you know, the theatres now have so much sort of state-of-the-art special effects. You've got these fantastic screens that are the backdrop for performances on celebrities, newest ship, Celebrity Edge. Um, you've got a stage that comes right out, a circular stage that comes out into the audience. And it really does sort of bring the production into the audience. So, you know, there is a lot to see. You've got comedy clubs, you've got dueling piano clubs. There, there really is, you know, so much. The Royal Caribbean ships with the ice skating rinks. You have some of the most fabulous ice skating shows. I mean, I must say, 
I've been lucky enough to see quite a few shows on quite a few ships over the years. You love a show. And, <laughs> I've, I've seen you. It, it is. Well, I must say, I've seen some of the best entertainment, actually, on, on cruise ships. And the nice thing is, is that it's all included in the price of the cruise. And you make a good point on the theatres. So how important is that hardware part of the ship, as in what you can put into the theatres? Because you're right, it's state-of-the-art equipment and, and everything. And presumably customers now expect that level of theatre when they visit you. Absolutely. So our guests' uh, impressions <coughs> of what they want to see on board our ships is what they see on TV. So if they watch... Saturday night program or a variety show or anything at all, the technology they see there, absolutely they expect to see on our ships now. Um, and we need to live with that. We can't pull up a truck halfway through and load a new piece of scenery on and load more equipment on and off um, as we go. We've got to make sure that ship can deliver to every aspect we need. And talking of TV shows, just quickly, you've of course worked with some TV shows in the UK on board your ship. Yep. So you had Anton Deck and various other... Yeah, takeaway, yeah. So we did a, a live broadcast. That was when I had hair and <laughs> literally removed it. Uh, where we delivered Satmat Takeaway live for their finale show on board uh, Britannia, which was a stunningly brilliant event. Um, a lot of work, um, but it was a real one-off for our guests. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, sorry for the segue, but uh, so the theatre show, the main theatre, how important is that to guests now, or has that become less important as a as a feature of their holiday? Um, it's still really important, but it's not the pinnacle that it used to be, in all honesty, with our guests as they come forward. So it's much more about choice now. So we're putting more and more into our theatre shows, and I think you said it absolutely perfectly that you know we've got to put that technology, and we have, we have some of the best toys, if you like, in any theatres in the country. Um, and we have to, because we've got to amaze our guests time and time again so they come back with us. Um, but it's really about choice. So if you want to go to a party, or if you want to go to the theatre, um, or actually you just want somewhere quiet to sit and read a book, all those things are as important as they are as each other now. Um, and probably a decade ago they weren't. It was about the theatre, and it was about that big show that's happening. And we're still doing that, and that's still brilliant. But we need to give you nine or ten other options. So it's about on your time, on your conditions, and how you want your holiday to be spent. I'd say the shows are more mainstream as well. I mean, you know, in sort of traditional days, it, it was a bit of a sort of sometimes a bit of a faded cabaret in, you know, songs of the 60s or things like that. Whereas now you are getting West End and Broadway shows. So, for example, you know, Mamma Mia, Grease, you know, and some will run to the same length, some will be slightly shortened. But the quality of what you see is what you would expect to see in the West End. Um, and, and I just think that makes a real difference. I think the general shows have become shorter, haven't they? I mean, I was on Princess a few weeks ago. So, and shows so Browns have, yes, I think Prince minutes. has gone down. We, we, we sit at 45, we thought it was a comfortable point. And um, that's predominantly because there's not many people who go to a, a West End style or a large theatre show every single night of the week on their holidays. So we need to really pace it for them. Um, but we also, we deliver plays in the afternoon that are two hours long with a full matinee. Um, you know, we have RADA on board Cunard as part of our products as well. So it's complete opposites to what we want to deliver, but you're right. Um, it, the shows are just, they've really stepped on. Um, and presumably brand loyalty and repeat custom means you have to keep mixing up those main shows. 100%. We need to keep it refreshed. We need to keep, you know, everything they see needs to be different. But on holiday, you don't need to go to the theatre for every night. There's so many experiences, yeah, and that's what we're encouraging people. I think the main thing to remember is that the demographics, the type of, of guests that are travelling these days, are not what they were 20, 30 years ago. Um, in the older days, you had first sitting dinner, first sitting show, second sitting dinner, second sitting show. Then it was considered quite 
risque to put second sitting show before dinner so that then they could have a big, you had the food and the shows. But it was a different type of person that was traveling. Uh, it was an older product. It was um, more for the, the elite. But these days with the larger ships, you're getting a wider demographic. And as you said, Phil, we need to um, offer choice. Oddly enough, when we peaked uh, with our Fantasia-class ships, we have theatres that hold 1,650 people. Massive! Absolutely massive! And that's only for 4,500 guests. Our latest series of ships, that you saw, the Meraviglia, um, she holds 5,200 guests, more or less. And our main theatre holds 960 people. That seems an odd choice, but it's not. Because in the same ship, we have a secondary lounge with Cirque du Soleil. Then we have our sportsplex, where you can either have you know, games where the, the, the passengers play against the, uh, the crew, or you can have uh, you know, an evening party, like these American um, high school setups, you know, and all sorts of things for the children. And then we've got the longest promenade at sea, 18 meters, and it's all covered in lead panels. So as you said, not every night do people want to see the show. Also, with dining options, it's no longer the first sitting and the second sitting. You may have that traditionally, but then you're going on to things where you have flexible dining or open sitting or a variety of uh, pay restaurants. And so people tend to spread out. So we make the theater smaller so we can offer a third sitting. So the people, the dining time can be sort of linked into the show time, can be linked into what else is happening around the vessel. How important, we talked about big shows, how important was it getting Cirque du Soleil, for example? Or, and I know, P&O, you work with uh, Johnny Wilde, Stephen Mulhern for one of their big shows. How important is that for cruising and for the experience? The owners of our company feel that, uh, and it's an old saying, you're judged by the company you keep. So, you know, if you're hanging around with lords and ladies, people assume that you're, you're an aristocrat yourself. So, uh, we, we're also branding with, for example, Lego. Lego, oddly enough, has made a huge leap as far as the um, collective conscious is concerned. Uh, I think probably about 20 years ago was considered a bit passé. Things were invented in the 1940s. But now it seems to be something that parents want their children to learn, to use, and that sort of thing. So we're linked. We have the partnership with Lego. We have this partnership with Cirque du Soleil. So these are brands that are internationally recognized as a certain level of quality in whatever area you're talking about. Some of the brands that we also are linked with as far as uh, dining options are concerned. Those are the ones that you say, well, this is the company that we want to keep. So the guests naturally think, okay, I understand what you're talking about, what sort of level of cruising you're offering. And in terms of big names, though. Yeah, I think, um, so we talked about something I take away already, um, which we, you know, in a relationship we work with, um, with Vance Deck, but we also, we partner with Strictly Come Dancing. But the whole point of you coming on one of those cruises is that it's, it's really getting to that behind the scenes part of it as well. So it's that money can't buy experience we're trying to deliver for them. So yes, There'll be some showcases and there'll be some questions and answers and you'll meet the judges, but you could have private dance classes. 
um, you can have dinner with some of the celebrities dance couples, some of the celebs that have competed through the years, uh, or with Craig and just annoy him throughout the whole process, which generally does happen. Um, and, and that's really important, those partnerships. But the, you can't partner with someone, it looks brilliant in a brochure, and then not deliver on the day. It's really important that that's all joined up. But those partnerships, Sarah, are becoming a thing for crews, aren't they? Yes, a lot more seem to be doing that. I mean, I think it goes back to when they started bringing in the West End shows, etc. Um, and I mean, obviously you're leading the way there with MSC, with, with Cirque du Soleil, and I know Princess has the voice, don't they, as well as yeah, Cirque as well as Strictly. Um, but I mean, another thing I would say, it's just choice. I mean, you know, people are on holiday, it's the evening, people would often hit the bars before dinner, then you have your meal, then you would go to the theatre. When that finishes, you can then go on to the cabaret club or, you know, the comedy club that some of the ships have and then finish up in the nightclub at the end or just sit when someone plays the piano and you get, as I said, the dueling pianos, sing-alongs. It, it, is, it is the fact that there is so much choice and at the end of the night, you don't even have to worry about getting home. So, you know, you just want to stagger back to your cabin. So you can... No designated driver. <laughs> you can make the most of it. But, but as I said, I just think it is the choice that has grown so much. And a lot of it used to be centred around the theatres, which, you know, which we've spoken about. But now you are getting these other areas. So, for example, on Celebrity Edge, they've got this area called Eden, which is this huge glass atrium-type area, which is on um, two or three decks. And you get all these performers on I don't know, trapezes. And it was a little bit weird. They were riding around in ragged costumes when I was there. But it's, it's a different style of entertainment. And I know you're planning similar things with Iona because that's going to have a similar facility. Yeah, yeah. We have, um, so we have our Sky Dome in Iona. I think this whole rest of the conversation is me avoiding questions that I can't release yet because we're doing a press report <laughs> soon. But um, absolutely. So Iona's Sky Dome um, has been designed. It's, it's, it's new to the industry. It's a one, first in its kind. Um, a stunning glass roof on the open deck um, with a free deck high space. That it is designed for the daytime. It's designed for that absolutely amazing experience. But at night, it's going to transform into through <laughs> skipping through. Uh, so through, through technology, um, we're going to be delivering these unbelievably new, fantastic circus shows as well as live music. It's going to bring you into that open air theatre as well as that amazing immersive experience in one go. To all the sorry, to all the okay. points. Uh, we're just talking mostly about shows now, and uh, there's, as you're talking about the out, outdoor decks, um, these aqua parks are becoming extremely popular now, you know, with the water slides and the zip lines that we have, and those things are also uh, enhancements right. for the entertainment product, yeah. as well as the family events that we're doing. Uh, as I said, with, with Kiko and Lego and all of these sort of things, uh, we even have MasterChef at MSE. MasterChef's very difficult for us to find brands um, that, uh, that resonate with all of our clientele wherever we're going. MasterChef does that. And so would something like Cirque du Soleil, but we even have junior MasterChef. So the children are doing more or less what they're seeing on the television uh, in a different format, you know, something that would be a little bit more accessible to a child. But those are things that um, I think all the cruise lines are trying to reach out to, to the families, to the younger people, and also to the sportsy sort of people. You'll find in the dining rooms, the menus, uh, vegan options, vegetarian options. They'll tell you how many calories are in certain things. 
if you want to be bothered with that sort of thing. If you just want to go out and, and have a hedonistic experience, uh, the old style cruising, that's available as well. I thought in international waters there were no calories, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's all from us this week, but we'll be joining back up with Andy, Gary, Phil and Sarah next week for the second part of our entertainment discussion. Stay tuned. Until then, I've been Toby Cruz. Happy cruising. <laughs>